You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 336 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good, I'm good. What's been happening in Gina world? Oh, so much going on. I've been uh, in pre-production for a couple of big shoots and uh, I've also been dabbling in Clubhouse and a lot of the listeners are being going, what's this Clubhouse thing? What are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm checking it out for you guys. So uh, have you you dabbled yet, Val, in Clubhouse? A very, very short dabble, but it sounds like you have dabbled more than I have. I have done a deep dive just to check it all out. So basically think of it as a social media site where at like, you know, Instagram or Twitter, where instead of uh, typing text, you know, to each other, uh, you speak. So you go into a room and there might be, you know, a couple of hundred people in there and there's moderators, which you can't see, you can just hear mm. and um you know, they might, and they're niche, niche rooms. So it might be all about photography, uh, lighting for wedding photographers or editing questions and answers or all, you know, or if you're into travel, travel, solo travel for females, like all sorts of little niches. And you go in and you listen to people speak. And if you're, you want to ask a question, you put your hand up just like in school and uh, the moderator will bring you up and you can ask your question or you can add a comment. So I've just been checking it out. And so what I've found is it's like every app. There's, uh, you know, you've got to sort of check it out and you'll find that there's certain rooms that just don't resonate with you. Like there just might be, it, 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 there is different energy in different rooms and mm. that's the people that run them and the moderators. So some are like, you, you'll go in there and you'll go, oh, all these people just annoy me. So you'll go out <laughs> and then, or you'll go in another room and you go, I feel like I found my people. And you can have uh, pretty good conversations and uh, it's not like... Um, yeah, it's it's cool. I think I've found I don't like the big rooms. Mm. Uh, I don't like lots of people anyway. Full stop. So <laughs> I like this, but the but the smaller rooms where you might have twenty people seem to be a bit more authentic and engaged and uh, the conversations, uh, you you can be involved in the conversation and uh, a lot more enjoyable than the big rooms where it's just like people fighting to get on stage and uh, say their bit and get off. Mm. So uh, it, it's interesting. So, you know, uh, come and find me if you're interested in doing it. I know a lot of the, the Goldies are about to jump on and uh, I might do some small rooms where we can chat and uh, chat about photography and I can answer questions. So I might jump on occasionally. Uh, at the moment, I'm into it. 
that might change <laughs> like everything I do. Yeah. But I think it's uh, I think it's fun and uh, a good way if you want to just uh, meet people and have interesting conversations. You can have it on in the background, listen to a room while you're editing photos mm. uh, and things like that. So, yeah, what what did you think, Val? Well, I was only jumping on it very briefly. You know, I joined a few rooms and obviously I didn't find my people, um, but I didn't probably stay long enough to persist and attempt to find my people. So um, I started a couple of, you know, just private conversations, at least with people I knew, but um, I didn't really get as into it. I haven't wiped the app or anything. I do intend to revisit it because maybe I jumped on it a little bit early uh, when not as many interesting things were on it. So I will yeah. explore it again to see whether it's going to be something I'll be into or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've I've had fun. I've had some great, and you know, and it is a matter of like you go in, read the room. I guess it's like you know when you go shopping, mm-hmm. and you go up a high street or something, and you go in and out of shops. Like I don't, I'll walk in and I know in a second if I like that room or not, and I'm yeah. like, and I like it, and I'll leave. You can yeah. do the same. You just walk in, hear a little bit of what people are saying, and you can sort of judge the vibe of the room. And, uh, mm. you know, I did that a few times, and I'm like, I don't get this. And then I found <laughs> some of the smaller rooms where I'm like, oh, this is a cool vibe, and these are interesting people. Mm. So um, I think worth checking out and uh, see how you feel. Fantastic. Okay. Well, let us know what you think of Clubhouse if you, you know, have given it a go and if you find anything particularly interesting about it, let us know in the Facebook group. Of course, if you haven't joined the Facebook group, that's our listener community. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. It's free to join. We'd love to see you in there. And there's some photographers of all different levels from all walks of life, um, from all over the world. So make sure you join and connect with us. Now, we have a big shout out to R. Wildman, who kindly left us a review on Apple Podcasts all the way from Spain. Yeah, how cool. Yes, and entitled it Great Photo Podcast. And they said, I absolutely love this podcast, both for the wealth of information Gina gives and the fun listening to Gina and Valerie discussing all sorts of interesting photographic situations and a great way to learn Aussie slang. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, R. Wildman. We hope that you pick up a lot of great tips, uh, photography tips, but also Aussie slang tips. Um, And, of course, if if any other listeners have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcast platform is, we'd really be grateful because it helps us in the rankings and helps us be found by other people. So thank you to R. Wildman for taking the time to leave us that review. Now, what's happening with the gold community this week, Gina? The gold community are all ballers, I have to say. They're just mm. killing it. And it's like, so we've been doing a lot of uh, lighting. Uh, I've been sending them off to do their lighting practice. I'm big on 
the peeling potatoes before you make the souffle, Val. So yes. that's it. I take everyone back to basics and it is so exciting uh, to see just how many of them start with zero little knowledge or a little bit of knowledge but kind of confused about how to control lighting, how to get, you know, great high-end looking lighting. And within, I'll tell you, three weeks, like some of them are, are like turning out, you know, and just like doing it one hour a week here and there and then submitting their images, getting the feedback and uh, a little bit of encouragement. They're, they're creating these high-end looking uh, lighting scenarios and just beautiful. And then now they've got the confidence to go anywhere and know how to control the light and uh, get these beautiful images. And it's it's just fantastic to see Val I'm, so I'm great. just so proud yeah. it's really really cool how quickly and you can see the moment it, it clicks and uh it's fantastic. I'm great. having a blast. So great to see it all happening for the gold community. And if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about the gold community and how it can help you, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the gold community. I love working with members of my gold community. It's incredible to see them grow and develop as photographers. Here's what Kim Partridge had to say. So I joined, I think, last July time after listening to the podcast for a little while and absolutely fantastic. I've been in there on a couple of occasions when I've been really stressed or I've had problems on a shoot and not only have I had fantastic encouragement from other members, um, but also like spot on advice quickly when needed from from Gina. So yeah, it's it's been a fantastic experience. How have you changed in terms of how you are as a photographer when you first came in to today? Just immensely. Um, I mean, when you look, if I look at my shots personally from from day one, and then look at how I'm shooting now, and just the way I'm taking my time more, composing differently, uh, using so many different tools that you've taught me over the course of this week is yeah, incomparable. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold Community, just go to GinaMilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, so let's move on to this week's topic, how to build an awesome brand, book more clients and make lots more money with guest Jeff Brown. What have we got, Gina? Yeah, so Jeff Brown is a fantastic mentor and uh, long-time listeners to the podcast will have already tuned into, and this was one of our most popular uh, episodes, uh, Ep 204 was how to turn your photography hobby into a six-figure business with uh, Jeff Brown. So I thought I'd uh, uh, he reached out and we brought him back on because it was so popular and he just really does share some really fantastic knowledge uh, about how to do this. So he, he's been working with uh, a lot of photographers and uh, teaching them how to just uh, build that awesome brand and get your name out there and get out there even in times of COVID. A lot of photographers were struggling, but he worked with photographers on pivoting, but attracting those clients that it's like, you know, not the ones that are just uh, tire kickers that are looking for the $5 photo shoot or the free photo shoot, but he 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 ta- teaches us in this episode how to get 
better clients that are going to spend more money so that the higher end looking for the quality mm. rather than the quantity because you know the the sort of shoot and burn style of photography while it might look attractive to you if you've been working a full-time job and you're earning a minimum wage um, so th- thinking that getting 50 bucks for a headshot you do the math you go oh well if I just do 50 of these or you know it's so many every day but there's only so many that you can do and eventually as a photographer you burn out and that and so that that entry level sort of low end kind of photography uh it's a race to the bottom in the end so you want to be attracting a, a better quality of client so that you can charge more and uh make more money so uh basically uh, he he chats to us about like because you know selling yourself can often i know in my experience sometimes when you try and do it in a salesy way you feel a bit sleazy like a used car salesman <laughs> you know uh so um it's all about in educating your client and teaching them what your style of photography is so it's like you know the photographer at uh, the the, the client might be looking for someone and thinking that you're the same as everyone else and so they'll go to you and you'll charge them well it's five grand to to book me for your headshot session and they'll go yeah but jan in accounts will do it for 20 20 you know but what they don't realize is what they're comparing and exactly what value you're bringing to the shoot compared to what jan who might charge 20 dollars as a sitting fee but then it's plus 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 yeah. plus and by the time these people get their five photos they end up spending the same amount Mm. so it's all about you know teaching your clients to compare apples with apples and not apples with pomegranates (laughs) Val and uh (laughs) and uh so you know we talk about the importance of developing a strong brand brand understanding uh how most clients aren't very discerning and how to, uh, you know, teach them uh, what what it is that you're selling and why you should be the one that they can go to and how to connect with awesome brands using social media, how to book more clients and uh, heaps and heaps more tips. So shall we have a listen? Absolutely. Let's have a listen. Jeff Brown, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Jean. It's it's brilliant to be back. I can't believe it's been over two years yeah, since we last it's spoke. Been, yeah, so we last chatted to you back in episode two hundred and four, which was quite a successful episode. How to turn your photography hobby into a six-figure business. So, um, yeah, that's uh, one worth checking out. But l- let's bring um, the listeners up to speed, and also for those who don't have haven't had any. Um, sort of uh, know what you do. What, what is it that you do and what have you been doing for the last couple of years? So uh, so obviously I'm, I'm you know, I'm a, an ex, uh, ex-military photographer. I'm a photographer myself. I own five very successful photography businesses. And uh, five years ago, I did a bit of a change in my life because my life circumstances changed, uh, getting, getting a divorce and I lost a lot of money in a, in a business venture. And I changed everything around to running an online training program for uh, photographers to sort of like educate them in everything that I knew and I'd learned about the photography business aspect in how to market and brand their photographer, uh, their photography and sell it to their clients better. So basically to to help photographers make a lot more money, because uh, as I think we've we've talked about before, it's it's. 
you know, it, it's all to do with the brand. Uh, you know, the clients can't tell the difference between your photographs and another photograph, uh, another photographer of equal or higher standard. Yeah. But what they can tell as soon as they come to your website, as soon as they come to your social media is the difference between a cheap looking brand and an expensive looking brand. And your brand goes out before you always. Exactly. You know, that sets the stone. That says this is quality. This is expense, not the images. Yeah, we'll do a deep dive into that whole topic in a sec. But I want to ask you, how has uh, so? Where are you in the world? Have you moved from since I last spoke to you, or you're still out in the country? Yes, I'm still out in the country. I'm in a, a, a county called Northumberland and a, a village called Thropton. So my, um, if I want to do a proper grocery shop to go to a supermarket, it's uh, nearly a 30 mile round trip for me to do my uh, my weekly shopping but I live in one of the, the most remotely populated or the most re- remotely populated county in England and I'm about 15 miles from from the Scottish border so as far north as you can, you can get in England. It must be lovely though and like you were saying earlier the view out your window is just beautiful and you wake up every day to that so it's it sounds lovely. How many people live uh, in your the village is it a county or yeah how many uh, yeah so it's the little village i think yeah. it's probably got about 500 in then wow. there's the, the, the town is two and a half mile away that's got about two and a half thousand obviously yeah. it's very uh, it's very uh, big with tourists and, and especially motorbikers because we've got some beautiful roads and yeah. scenery here uh, in the summer so it, it's very popular during the summer it sounds lovely uh, so we've all had a uh, sort of a very different 2020 to what we expected how was yours, Jeff? You know what? It sounds um, it sounds strange, but when it, obviously when it first hit in in back in March, uh, you know, I have like over two hundred photographers on on my one to one mentoring program, yeah. and and everybody was panicking. You know, like, oh God, Jeff, what we're going to do? What we're going to yeah. do? And funny enough, like after the initial hit, maybe two or three months, and in, in getting adjusted and and re- refocusing ourselves and our efforts, the the success that both myself and a lot of my clients um, achieved in 2020 has been phenomenal. It's been, it's really been time to sort of like readdress everything, pivot, um, change our our offerings, change what we do and look deeper into our businesses and how we be, can become more value to our clients so that our clients don't give us up and don't cut back on us. And it's been a brilliant learning curve, you know, and, and, and I don't think there's, apart from obviously, you know, some of the wedding photographers and event photographers have, have obviously struggled in that they can't physically do any work at the moment, but they've done a big change to the business and then, you know, taken future bookings ready, even though they can't get out and actually physically do anything at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I think, that, you know, you, there is so much positivity to come from, something like this if if you allow it and you think right well i'm not gonna i'm i personally you know i've been facebook off my phone i got this app called friendly app which i put on the phone and it will block posts so i never see a post with the word word covert in or brexit in or demonstration or it's called friendly and so it 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 acts as like a gateway so you you download it you put it on your your phone it doesn't work on a desktop because i don't have facebook on my phone i've got it only on uh, uh, desktop unfortunately unfortunately it only works on mobile but um so so what you do is you you can put in like negative words so i put in like covid coronavirus brexit politics all that sort of stuff in and then it says what positive words do you want to see so i put like landscape inspiration nature photography so my news feed on 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 my, my phone for facebook 
is just filled with positivity and 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 but literally last march it was such a really dark place to go on to i was like oh i'm i, I but i couldn't physically delete facebook because i've got like about yeah. fifty thousand followers across me me facebook platforms um, but I, I used to just hate going on it on a mobile phone because it was just filled with so much negativity, you know. Yeah. But now I, I never see it, and then people go, "Oh, did you not see this post?" I said, "No, no. because it doesn't show up." That's um, brilliant. I, I I gave that advice at the start of the year to like you know just avoid the news because like look, you'll find out. Like, it's like what I would like to say is like if the world's ending, someone I know is going to tell me, so I will find yeah. out. But it's like for the most part, the news is based on scaring the crap out of people because if if the all the news was is and tonight this little kitten was born look how cute it is that's great it's not going to rate so people need those negative stories to keep them afraid because when people are afraid they buy more stuff <laughs> and, totally. and, and it, basically that's what the news is it's just padding for the commercials yeah that's it exactly. so it's got to be it's got to be that I, sort know, of news I don't watch the news at all. And people, people, I mean, some people can think, well, you know, well, you, you sit there in the countryside, you don't care about what's going on. It's just, I, what I care about, and it sounds a really selfish, sort of like limited thing to say, but I care about the people I can um, do something with and, uh, you know, stuff that affects me within my circle and the people around me and my family because – Yes, there's a lot going on in the world, but if I was to get stressed and worried about everything else, I'd, I'd, I'd you know, I'd be in an early grave, and, and it would, it wouldn't be productive. So, you know, if I can, if I can help my photographers I'm working with, if I can help my family, if I can do stuff for people in my village, yeah, yeah, no, that you know, that's that's my. But the the things outside the bigger picture, it doesn't help either. Stressing about it, it doesn't help. It just it it just stresses everyone around you as well. So I agree, and it's also the old adage garbage in equals garbage out and so it's like you're i think you're a fit guy you like to to exercise and all of that if you yeah. spent uh a year just on the couch eating cheetos and and uh you know meat pies and and chips you'd feel it by the end of the year you become what you eat right and so you also become what you ingest in terms of the the content so if you can curate all your feed so that you just con contains beautiful things to look at and positive then that is going to have a huge impact on your mental health for sure as does the opposite yeah totally totally and all of this makes people a better photographer so let's talk about this word marketing because sometimes, Jeff, it feels dirty to me to market. And sometimes it also, I feel like uh, I don't like marketing because I, I kind of um, um, relate marketing to, uh, you know, those slimy used car salesmen. I think they're going, Definitely. they still exist, but there's something slimy about like, conning someone into buying your product and then going away going yeah i got i got so much extra for that and it's like it feels dirty to me that's not how i like to be, do business i know there's a better way and when it happens organically because the things that you set in place that you can um train your clients and show them what's possible and you like what i love about your work jeff and i know i can recognize who all your students are by their taglines on their linkedin account <laughs> and it's like you know you 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 help photographers build an awesome brand book more clients and make lots of money 
Fantastic. Okay. That to yeah. me is lovely. And then you, you like you see all the other photographers. Look, just just bring us up to speed. Give us a couple of your favorite photographer taglines that they've changed like from um, photographer, which is like so generic to what yeah. what are the ones that have niched you've got them to niche down? What 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 sort of taglines have they got at or what 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 do they go by on their uh, uh, LinkedIn account? Well, I'll give you a couple of examples, um, and uh, I can give you two really good examples. There's one lady called uh, Anne Thomas, who's one of my real success stories at the moment, and Anne's like a personal branding photographer, so she does a lot of personal branding, but what her strap line and her thing about her business is, she doesn't take a picture until she understands totally what your business is, what your mission's about, what it's yep. all about, and then she creates images that tell your story that empower your clients. So she doesn't think, oh, I think this would be a nice photograph. She learns about everything about this person's business and then says, right, in order to tell this message, this is how we create it. Yeah. So she can't, she can't create the image without knowing what the whole – and she works with like a lot of um, – you know, influencers, thought leaders, mm. solopreneurs, people, you know, even craft and boutique businesses and artisan bakers. So a lot of her clients have a real passion. And when she can deep dive in and understand their passion, that makes her so much more valuable. Mm. And Anne joined with me back in March, right right on when the COVID thing had all started. And at the time she was, she was charging 300 quid for a job. Yeah. When... Anne is now charging fifteen hundred quid for a job. Perfect. I get regular texts. I got I got two texts off her last week. Uh, booked another one. Booked another fifteen hundred. Booked another fifteen hundred. And she's, um, people aren't bothered about a price no. because she's become very valuable to them exactly. in what she actually does. You know, so she does this personal branding. She's also brought on board the. The, the remote uh, virtual photo shoot as well to offer another sort of arm to get in with our clients where she can do the big personal packages, but she can do the smaller packages as well, which is very, very profitable to her. And I've also got another client who, uh, Sue Todd, who's a food photographer, you know, and her strap line is, I take images that make your clients hungry. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. And funny enough, you know, Sue, last year, uh, 90% of her business was um, uh, hospitality. So it was um, pubs, restaurants, bars. All of a sudden, overnight, oh, my God, Jeff, um, having problems here. You know, my client base has just disappeared. They're not going to be needing images. I can't even get in to do the photographs in there because the places are shut, you know. So what – Sue did, and what we what we decided on would be one of the best ways to go with her brand, and we utilised this a lot on LinkedIn, was to just pivot slightly. So she's doing exactly the same thing, but she changed from focusing on the hotels, bars, and restaurants to focusing on um, the artisan bakers, the chocolatiers, brilliant, the, the food food producers, the gin distillers, the breweries, right? Because these people are still making tons and tons yes. of stuff. They're probably even doing better than they were a year ago. And they're supplying supermarkets. They're selling online. Sue's business has gone absolutely phenomenal. And then obviously in you know, two, two or three months time, when, when bars and restaurants open up again here in the UK, then she's going to be like, oh my God, how do I cope with all this? Because our old clients are going to come back. So literally in the space of you know, weeks or months, she pivoted her offering 
but with the same message just to a different set of clients yeah. who, you know, so it wasn't, oh, God, no, business is finished. It was like, right, here's a new opportunity. Let's go for it. And then you're, you're, you're training your photographers to sort of position themselves as, as the experts so that, like, when you're hiring a particular – when the client's hiring a photographer, they're not just hiring a button pusher. And this is something that I like to talk about as well with my students. It's like don't just rock up and push the button. That's half, only half of what you do. The rest of it is – uh, you know, training the clients and educating them so that the, the the work that you supply to them is going to help their business. And that word help is so important because I think a lot of um, uh, people make the mistake is of like, what can I get from my client? How much can I get them to spend? What can I get them to, you know, how many times can I get them to book? If you flip that around and just start thinking about what can I give and focus on yeah. that, that's going to have a, like a much bigger impact on, on your return because it's like you're in that giving mindset and uh, you're helping them. And I think it's a lot easier. I've found it's a lot easier for me to, to get off that salesy car, sleazy car salesman sort of mentality of what marketing is when I turn it around and I'm like, I'm helping my clients. So how can I help them and how can I make people, you know, grow as as a business? So let's talk about that now, Jeff, in terms of educating and teaching clients about the difference because like when I'm – let me talk – when I started enjoying chocolate as a child, right, yeah. well, chocolate – I didn't know what chocolate was. It's like I just knew what I knew, which was like the chocolate that was in the house. So it was just like generic like Cadbury chocolate, which like all my friends ate Cadbury chocolate and it was okay, you know, and I thought it was that's as good as it was going to get and so that was chocolate yeah. in my mind. It wasn't until I, you know, got a little bit older and I became a little bit more discerning and other people introduced me to what real chocolate was. My head exploded, <laughs> right? Yeah. And now I can't go back to Cadbury anymore because my palate has been educated of what I can go back to. If I'm desperate, Jeff, I'll go back to Cadbury. Yeah. But I know the difference between great chocolate and just generic chocolate. How... Do you train your clients that you're not a generic sort of base photographer, but you're the top shelf? You're the good chocolate, not the chocolate that everyone else eats. I think one of the biggest things, that, and what I do with clients on, on board my program at the very at the very early stages, because a lot of them will come on and say, "Jeff, I want to I want to have an amazing website. You, you you help me redesign my website. You help me build my LinkedIn profile." I went, "Yes, but." Be patient. We can't do that yet. Even if you've been going 20 or 30 years, I says, if you want to, you know, double, tri treble, quadruple your prices, what we've got to do is rewind all the way back to your brand. Look at what your brand's about, what the message is. But in order to, to create that message for your brand, we have to know it really what your ideal clients want. So when you look at like, you know, Sue Todd with that um, restaurant photography and a food photography, they don't want images. What they ultimately want is more bums on seats in their restaurant. Mm. You know, like hotel doesn't want beautiful pictures. It wants more guests. It wants to create, it wants to be the go-to hotel for 
for a traveler, you know, so people will say, oh, I always use that particular chain because that's my hotel. I feel happy. I feel warm. I feel, you know, um, energized and relaxed and all sorts at this particular hotel. So really it's about your brand is not your photography brand. Your brand is all about your clients. It's not about you. Mm. It's not about saying what camera you use. Your clients couldn't care less what camera you use, how many megapixels, but what they could care about is your experience, your authority, your knowledge about what you can do for them, how you can translate what their, their message is and put it out there visually. And another thing that I actually educate my clients on is this is you know you come on board my program you learn about linkedin you learn about facebook you learn about um keywording and 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 nlp how to create desire in the words that you use and how to post on social media says it is now your i believe it's your duty to educate your clients because if you if you're a photographer and you take images for like a hotel and then they go and put those images out on linkedin or facebook and they make a hash of them they post them wrongly they post them at the wrong time using the wrong hashtags using the wrong keywords in there and it doesn't get a lot of engagement then they're going to say all those images that john did were pretty crap because we didn't get anything from them Mm. so you know your client's success is your success because yep. if they succeed through the images that you've done, they're going to, Oh my God, we've got to have that guy back again. Yeah. He made a, you know, John made some fantastic, you know, look at the, look at how many more followers we've got, how many more inquiries we've got. So there's no point in giving them images that they, you know, you might give them images for the website and the, the, they're not optimized correctly. You know, so it, it suddenly their homepage crashes down because their images are massive file sizes, you know, or you, you, so you've got to understand everything, create images that says everything about their business, that their ideal clients go, oh, yeah, that's what we need. And then help them create the right context and the right posts to get those images out there. And, and I think, you know, so you educate yourself on how you can get that out there. And then when you've got it sorted, you educate your clients on how to do it as well. Yeah, and that that being that expert, it, it's like if you're in a particular niche market and niching down or, or niching, uh, I think the uh, the Americans like to say, we say yeah. niche. What do you say? Yeah, niche, niche definitely yeah, right. niche. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, is 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 super important, but also understanding your industry. So the industry that I work in sort of covers editorial and you know uh, uh, movie and and television. And so because I've worked in that industry for thirty years, I just sort of know now intuitive, intuitively wh- how to shoot a, how to shoot an image for a cover. And I always shoot for cover. And I know that the a lot of the glossy magazines won't print the image if the person's wearing black. And there's all these little tips that I can then pass on to my clients. And I guess you're uh, instructing your uh, photographers to learn about whatever industry you are in, if you're going to niche and specialize, and we'll we'll talk about the importance of niching down in a sec. But if you're going to specialize, then you need to be able to like, it's just not pushing the button but in you know informing your client of like all the special things that they should do or bring to the shoot or why we're going to shoot here rather than there because that's going to then get that image shared a lot more and there's a lot of those uh, little tricks that you can easily learn but just by educating yourself in that particular niche so let's get on to niches now um 
what like when we're starting out and I did, certainly did this when I started out I was doing food but I was also a fashion photographer I was a portrait photographer I did arc, I did it all weddings and that's what I had on my website and I know now that you know in those early years <laughs> what is the problem with doing that Jeff well, I mean, one of the big things is uh, that, that I always say to my client, you know, the, the photography industry now is at its most competitive. It's been in the history of photographers. There's more photographers out there trying to get business. And one of the, the things, you know, when photographers start off, they're like, oh, like anybody who pays, pays money will be my client. So I'll do everything. I'll do babies. I'll do pets. I'll do food. I'll do weddings. I'll do everything. So what you become is you don't become a specialist. You become a generalist. Mm. When you become a generalist and you don't specialize in everything, there's nothing that makes you different than anybody else. The only thing that your potential clients can differentiate, differentiate you on to everybody else is how much you're charging. Yep. So what happens is you start to uh, attract the group on types, the tire kickers, the people who's like, oh, what, you know, discount for cash, that sort of stuff. And, and, and then I know like a lot of my clients who we've now niched and we've created a brand, this is the, the, the terminology of their clients they work with is different. They will get a message saying, uh, we'd love to work with you you know, six months prior to that, before we got the brand and the nation right, they would get a message when they were generalists, how much do you <laughs> how charge? Much? If that's the first it. question is, is how much is it going to be, that's not your client most of the time. Yeah. Unless you want to, totally. you know, be in that race to the bottom because that's all it is. If you start competing on price, you'll never win. There's always going to be someone to do it cheaper. Uh, so it, I think that's great was, advice. Those clients are the hardest to work for. Yeah. And then, but, you know, a lot of us as photographers, and, and you know, I had this in the past, you know, is you think um, when you when you suddenly charge, you know, if you were charging 500 pounds for, for a shoot and then all of a sudden you're charging 2,000, yep. you suddenly get, you sit me in your head think, oh, my God, my images aren't, aren't worth that value. These clients are going to spot this or they're going to spot this or that. And, they, you know, they're not good enough. Right. Are your images going to, you know, that you are not selling your photographs to um, pho photo critiquers. You're selling your photographs to a customer who probably can't tell hmm. if there's a slight, you know, because photographers are always critical and never have the perfect image. And that, that stops them charging what they should re because they're worried about what the, what the client's going to say, but the, what the client wants to see if it tells their story, if it does the right thing for them. The client sees your brand and sees your brand as premium and doing something for them. They're not going to totally strip down and analyze your image. And I think it's, it, it's get away from have confidence. If you, if you put your brand out there and create a brand that if somebody asks you, Oh, have you got a price for this? You send them over a really nice PDF brochure that's crafted all about them. That instantly sets the scene. Ah, this guy knows what he's on about. This guy is good. You know, if you walk into a, if you walk into a really nice restaurant and it's, you know, you've got, you, you pull up outside and they, you, you see all the signage and the signage is really nice scripted fonts and stuff like that, nice, warm, pleasing colors and the hanging baskets are outside. Then you walk in and the person greets you. You sit down and you haven't got horrible laminated menus. You've got, hmm. you know, you open these really nice menus and the, the, the food is very descriptive. So it's not burger and chips. It's, you know, prime Aberdeen Angus handmade patty on a toasted brioche bun with yeah. triple cook chili chips and rustic coleslaw. You visualize that. And even yep. though it's 25 quid for a burger, you're like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. 
you, it pay, sounds amazing, you know. Ex- exactly. I'm going to stop you there because there's something that you said that's really important because I think there's a lot of people that are starting their businesses and that have been kind of – because there's a, there's – lots of marketers out there that are pitching to photographers and it's like it's only about the marketing. Now, if I had have walked into that, and I agree with everything you've said, Jeff, however, if I had have walked into that restaurant and ordered the, describe that burger again on the brioche bun, what kind of beef is yeah. it? Yeah, Aberdeen Angus, okay. handmade, patty, so, yeah. So I've walked in and I've sat down and it's all bespoke furnishings and it's the beautiful timber and the waiter's got the beautiful uniform on. He's also, you know, knows his wines and everything. But yeah. if he then, um, that uh, discerning enough to know that I'm going to go to that beautiful restaurant, if he, if he then serves me up uh, something like a, a McDonald's burger with cheap yeah. meat, I'm going to know the difference. Because maybe, hang on, maybe I'm not going to know that this, what district the beef was grown in and that it's, you know, but I know the difference between a cheap bun and a, 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 like a a sourdough bun or something that's a bit better. And I also know the difference between cheap meat and good meat. And also, but I don't, I kind of don't know why it just doesn't taste good. Right. Yeah. And so as photographers, I think it's just as important to to be uh, at the top of your game in terms of the craft because even though the client won't quite understand why they like your work, they can see the difference at at that yeah. very top end. That there's just the lot you've captured the life. The lighting looks beautiful, and I think that 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 is an important part of the the puzzle here, and that the two go hand in hand. So you know. Focus on getting that craft so that you stand out from uh, Jan, who's got the camera in the office but doesn't do any editing and she doesn't understand lighting. She's a daylight-only photographer. She's hit and miss, whereas you've taken the time to learn how to make any body shape look great and uh, yeah. also how to light and all of that. I, I, th- I think that's uh, equally important because a lot of people think, oh, if I just market really well and get a million followers on Facebook, I'm going to be uh, a success. I don't, I disagree with that, but I do I agree with everything you've said about this, creating this beautiful brand as like, this is the bespoke, beautiful place to go because of all these, the font, the the wording on the website even and, and just the, the website experience and when you pick up the phone as well. I think that's important and how you're speaking to the client. So, yeah, I just I, I just I get annoyed when I see that it's like, nah, it's only good marketing. Don't worry about the photography because I think that will catch up with you as a, as a photographer down the track because you, you'll, yeah. you'll get, you will get an opportunity because you're successful to do something a bit more high end. You'll let the side down and you don't get many chances to do for do overs. Do, do you agree? Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. And I think, you know, you, you, you Obviously, too, because what we're talking about is, say, like somebody who's, you know, they've got the license set as a in a professional membership or something yes, like that. Yep. The, the the client probably can't tell the difference between a license set photographer and somebody who's got their, um, you know, like the um, associates or the fellowship yep. or something like yep. that. You know, and and we've all will, you know, we're trained photographers, but sometimes what happens is the photographers, the big sticking point in the confidence is they still don't believe in their competence yes. and their their imagery and i get some you know i get photographers coming to me and going jeff be honest 
is my photography crap because they've had so many knockbacks, mm. right? And they and they you know they should be charging ten times the price of what they are. They're much better photographer than I am, right? And they're coming back and going, Jeff, is my photography crap because I can't get this. I can't. And I'm like, no, your photography is not crap, but your marketing and your branding is. Now, marketing people think marketing is always about selling yourself. Yeah, it's not. Marketing's not about selling yourself at all. Marketing is about correct marketing. It's about selling the end solution to the client, which is um, what they need. You know, so you don't sell images, you sell what the end solution yeah. provides. So if you're a headshot photographer, you don't sell, oh, I'll do you a really nice headshot. You sell, I'm going to help you create a much more professional, um, um, approachable presence online. And you, the image I create makes people think, that's a professional person. He looks honest. He looks trustworthy. I want to connect because people make the first impression within seconds of seeing somebody. Let that first impression be the perfect one, the right one. So you don't market that. You just tell stories. You you put stuff out there and you tell. I always say, like, don't don't say, oh, I did some great headshots for John last week. Um, come and buy mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What we do is, is is I teach people to write a story, and the, and the best way to write a story on social media goes through this, and it, it, it's it's literally uh, five five sort of points. So once upon one, so you start out with it. There was a time, there was a person, there was a problem. You offered a solution, which led to an outcome. So let's just take that for an example. So. Uh, there was a time. So back in December, I worked with uh, Mary, who owned a gym. Mary's problem was she started doing female boot classes, but the images and the branding that came across in her photography maybe looked a bit too masculine. Mm. They didn't connect with the type of client she was she was actually wanting to attract you know people who had never done a boot class before people who had never done a gym so as the photographer the solution for me was to create some images that showed women of every age shape and size coming along to a boot camp having fun enjoying themselves the end solution the end outcome was that mary booked every single boot class for 10 weeks full and took on 25 new female members so what you do is you, you you tell the story from the client the person the business the time so put it into a time frame um and then what their problem was and how your imagery resulted in a good outcome you know so, so somebody comes for a, a business headshot they hate having the photograph taken yeah. they've needed a business headshot for years but <laughs> the thought of having a photograph taken even puts them off more than yeah. the need for a new headshot. But you got them in, you found out what they didn't like. They found out what the, the flaws that they thought had about themselves or what they had about themselves. So you lit them in a way that totally overcame that. It, yeah. it gave them that confidence. And that you didn't just create a headshot. You created a headshot that they were proud to use. And then as soon as they put that headshot out, they started getting more connections, yeah. you know. So you tell that story. And then at the very end, you just put a, a really, really loose call to action on so if you're interested in having a headshot done or if you're interested in having the same experience as mary or, or if you're interested in how photography could work for your business drop me a message yeah that's it Beautiful. no sales no, no sales. Price, nothing like that yeah. just tell that story and because people 
people, when people hear it in a story, they don't feel like they're being sold to. No. And it's when and, people and, feel and it you're in so a excited about pit. the story and, and you just yeah. you're basically just pumping up the client who had had this problem. There was a time and this is the client, she had this problem, you found a solution and here's what happened. You know, there was a happy ending and they're like, Oh, that's me. I hate having my head shot taken. I should go you give this person a call. So that that, that that's lovely. What I love about LinkedIn is it's so underutilized by photographers. It, like Instagram, for some reason, is the golden child, but it's also the most crowded space, Instagram and Facebook, for photographers because that's where everyone is sharing their work and you've got everyone of all levels, whereas on LinkedIn, you're kind of directly talking to other business people, right? Totally. I mean, I'll give you a few stats and, and obviously I'd like to talk a bit about posting and hashtags and stuff on yeah. LinkedIn because um, sometimes I do go off on a tangent, so you got to keep us on a, yeah. a short leash. <laughs> but LinkedIn at the moment, you know, LinkedIn currently has 725 million uh, users on LinkedIn, active users, people who log in and use the, the LinkedIn account. LinkedIn's target is to bring that up to 3 billion. So they want to be the world's biggest, well, they are the world's biggest professional platform, but they want everybody who's in business, who's using business to be using that platform. And there's, you know, 41% of millionaires use LinkedIn. The average wage earner on LinkedIn earns $87,000. Now, so it's growing massively. LinkedIn is what Facebook was like 10 years ago, yes. where you didn't have to pay to boost your post. Yes. And you'd put a post on and you'd get people actually inquiring and saying, oh, God, boot me, you know. Yeah. But the, the thing about LinkedIn is um, the, if you have like a LinkedIn, I had LinkedIn Sales Navigator, which is like the premium version. And when you got, you did a bit of research um, just before Christmas, and um, you can go into the sales navigator and you can navigate down to find out when you're searching for people when they last posted on the platform. So when, so if I did a search, for instance, and I, I did this, you know, photographers in Scotland and it come back with 8,500 8, photographers in Scotland. So that's how many photographers are on LinkedIn in Scotland. Then I filtered that down to who had posted in the past 30 days. Yeah. That dropped to 600. Yeah, I did the same again with California, and California came up with 125,000 photographers in California. Then I filtered that down to how many had actually posted in the past 30 days. It dropped to below 7,000. Wow. So less less than 10% of photographers are utilizing the profile, the platform to put their content out there. And the reason being, and I, and I know that, you know, because I work with thousands and thousands of photographers and then speak to them on LinkedIn because that's a, yeah, I've got 30,000 followers on there. Um, it's because they're frightened. They're frightened to use it because they're worried about what, you know, what, what sort of feedback they might get because it's a professional platform. Yeah. Should it, should I post in a certain way? Do I need, you know, I'm, I put stuff out there that makes as sense. If I, as if I was talking to my mates in the pub. I don't try and put on a false voice. You know, I don't. I just post and I be myself because nobody else can be me. So I may as well. So I may as well fill that space and be me. And as long as it's not offensive, as long as it's not, you know, as long as it's genuine and heartfelt, and and, and I put stories. I put pictures of cheesecakes that I had for for dinner on, and people are going, "You can't put that on LinkedIn." I so she's like, "I'm because my clients." I'm not a robot. I'm a person. And people buy from people who they know, yeah. they like, and trust. Yes. And to be known, you have to post regular. 
to be liked, you have to be a bit human. And yeah. to be trusted, you don't have to sell to people. Exactly. If you can fill every one of those three, then all of a sudden, your LinkedIn inbox starts filling up with inquiries because people know you, they like you, and they trust you. And people buy from business, from businesses and people who they know, like, and trust. That's so interesting. Yeah. And I think it's like I really am um, off Instagram it feels so contrived to me, as does a lot of the Facebook posts because it's like it's so curated and it's like let me show you my best life. And even if they are being a bit salesy, there's just something that's just off to me about Instagram. Now, I know so, like I get booked off that, that um, um, site as well, uh, but there's just something that it just doesn't sit right with me, whereas – when I'm looking at posts on LinkedIn, they are like rigid, passionate business people talking about, like it's a, a really good entertaining read and I always learn stuff. Um, yeah. And, uh, but it, it's not the, it doesn't feel as ego driven as, um, as Instagram does. Whereas Instagram, it's like, let's chase the likes and the comments. Uh, LinkedIn, it's like, let me share content uh, yeah. in an authentic way that it that that's the, I've never well, really thought about it. it's and kind of like Twitter can be like that as well if you approach it in that same way with the same but but then there's a lot of different people on Twitter can be a lot of business people as well but Instagram is Jan from a it's it's your auntie Jan as well as your friends from school and all these different people who don't have a business, who have no interest in ever hiring you, you're mixing yeah. with those as well. That I think, then, and then LinkedIn is more business-minded people, people with businesses. So, and, and you know, when it comes back to the engagement side of things, and again, just a few stats, you know, 725 million people um, with active accounts on LinkedIn, but only 30 million of those accounts are fully. Those, those profiles are fully optimized. So that means only 30 million of them are getting found on the searches because yeah. they're fully optimized. Now, out of those 725 million, less than 1% of those people are what you call content creators. And content creators are people are, who post on LinkedIn about 14 to 16 times per month. Right. So it's, it's not LinkedIn isn't a hard work platform like wow. you know, Twitter, Twitter and Instagram. You're not LinkedIn isn't saying come on every single day and post three times a day. What LinkedIn wants people to do is they don't want people to be just content creators. So if I was just to put stuff out there every single day, but I didn't engage on people's other posts, then LinkedIn wouldn't. You, you, what's called your SSI score, which is your social selling index score on LinkedIn, and that's how it grades your profile, is built up on everything. So it's built up on how strong your profile is, how often you post, but not excessively. In fact, if you're starting to post two or three times a day, in some cases that can actually be detrimental to your profile. So you post and maybe, you know, I say once a day, minimum four times a week. Four right. times a week, you're going to do really well, Okay. But you're also commenting on other people's because yep. what it doesn't want, it doesn't want a platform where everybody's just going, look at me, look at me, yep. blah, blah, blah. It wants, the platform is built uh, on communication, on discussion, on debate, on en engagement. It's not built on likes. Likes mean nothing. Likes, it's so easy to just like something. Yes. A like, a like doesn't, 
build a relationship and turn into a discussion. A like is just somebody presses it because they're scrolling down the news feed or I'll give that a like. When people start to comment and engage, that's when relationships are formed and you know people buy from people alike and who they trust and who they, they engage with. So when LinkedIn sees you commenting on a post, then what LinkedIn does, the algorithm that assesses your, your profile will go, oh, hang on a minute. Gina's commented on about four or five posts today and she's, she's engaged in a bit discussion. So when Gina posts our next post, instead, instead of giving Gina 5% organic reach, we're going to give her 8%. All right, so they're rewarding a, good behavior. Exactly. So, you be, so by liking, by engaging on other people's content, not only are you helping that person because if you've got content that's engaged on, then it becomes more widespread. You know, the organic reach opens up more. Yep. You're also helping yourself. Yep. So when the, when link when you post to LinkedIn, it has there's there's a, a bot that actually reads what you've written in a fraction of a second. It reads it and it'll say, right, Gina's posted this. We don't think it's very good to be honest, but we'll stick it out there hmm. it, because it's not offensive. It hasn't done you know because it, it reads it for any profanities or offensive, and it will block it if it was. So the, the the first point of the bot is to to see what the content's about, as in it passes the test for you know it's not going to offend anybody or be very controversial it goes out there and um it will give it a, a sort of like a content score of a rough idea of how much reach that's gonna be put out to but then the bot has what's called uh, it gives it two hours or so and it comes back to assess what's called the human element mm-hmm. so the bot will come back in about two hours time and go oh hang on a minute that post of Gina's now got 30 comments on and loads of people are talking. Yeah. Right. So it's looking predominantly at the number of comments it's got on. And they'll say, oh, we were wrong. The human element engaged in that really well. So instead of giving Gina 6%, we're actually going to give her 15% organic reach because we want more people to see that. Yeah. Because people are finding value in this and, in, and having a discussion. And the platform is based on discussion. So if you can get people talking when you first do a post, if somebody, if, if you if you comment and say, oh, that's a nice post, Jeff. I found it really inspirational. And I go, oh, great, Gina. How are things going for you? What did you like about the post? I'm trying to tease you out to, to put another comment on there. You know, so that then we can start hacking the algorithm and we get people. And also I'm developing a bit of a relationship because I don't just come back to you and go, cheers, you know, and, and build the conversation that, with you. That's good advice across the board for all social media accounts and life in general. So it's like I, I kind of um, uh, think that social media is like when you go to a party. If you turn up to a party and um, – get up on the table like you're 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 an invited guest but you don't really know anyone in the room yet and what you do when you go arrive at the party is a don't bring anything right and b the first thing you do is stand in the middle of the room and just go oi turn off the music everybody look at me i'm just going to drone on for the rest of the day and just talk about myself and not ask anyone anything and then and then i leave the party going I didn't enjoy that party. No one, no one looked at me or talked to me because you're selfish, <laughs> you yeah. know. But if you turn up to the party with uh, drinks that you can share and maybe a plate that you, you know, mm. you, 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 and you help the guest offer around food and then you go around and talk to people who maybe you wouldn't normally talk to but you just go, all right, let's have a conversation and, hey, what do you do? What, what, do you, what, do you, what, do, what did you like about today? And, and then you walk around yeah. the room and you just genuinely 
and authentically interested. And then every now and then you go, you share something that's interesting to you, maybe not necessarily that relates to the business that you're in, but just that, that you think other people might be interested in. You're going to have a better time at the party, right? Social media is just an extension of that, isn't it? So if you're totally. just getting on and talking about yourself or, or I think the mistake I see in a lot of uh, people that are new to posting, they'll post a photo and no, no, no words, nothing. It's just the photo, yeah. and they go, "I don't get any yeah. engagement on my social media." Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, I see a lot of that on, you know, on LinkedIn. A lot of people posting as if they're on Instagram, and you can see them posting like an Instagram style post. So it'll just have maybe three or four words, and then you know, twenty hashtags. Now yeah. on LinkedIn. Um, you've got to understand the way a hashtag works on LinkedIn. So you ha- at the top of LinkedIn, you have a search bar. And the search bar is to find people or find services that you need. So if I wanted a photographer in, say, Melbourne, yeah. I would type in photographer. And then it will say, find people who are photographer. Yeah. Yes. Filter that search, Melbourne, types it down, then I start seeing photographers. I would not search a, ha- a photographer by hashtag. So on LinkedIn, hashtags are a way of tailoring your newsfeed to what you like so when you when you um when you post on linkedin or when you switch on your linkedin you see content from pages that you follow or companies that you follow so like you know virgin yeah um you know uh, canon nikon stuff like that so if you follow those companies you will see some of their content you will see content from the people who um you engage with the most as your first connections, but you will also see content that some of your first connections engage on and you're not actually connected with those people. So it's way of LinkedIn saying, oh, one of your friends is, is speaking to this person a lot. They, you might like this person and want to connect with them too. And then the final thing of what your your content is made up of is the hashtags you follow. So I, I follow hashtags. Obviously I follow photography because I want to, I want to see what photographers are doing, but myself, I also follow like, um, you know, uh, inspiration, mountain climbing, because I love climbing mountains. It's part of my passion. Now, so that my, my news feeds becomes tailored with posts that have those hashtags in. So like everybody's, if you think of a hashtag, it's like a little, it's like a little saying, it's like a little blog. So everything to do with photography is under this hashtag and it's people writing about photography. Now, say for instance, you're a, a, a personal branding and headshot photographer and you're trying to get into the business community. You're trying to get into influencers and thought leaders and, 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 and people who entrepreneurs and stuff. Um, you're not going to find them under the hashtag photography unless they're actually really interested in photography themselves where these people are going to be knocking about is under the hashtag inspiration right business entrepreneurship success that sort of stuff so you need to think from a hashtag point of view what are your ideal clients following so like sue who's a food photographer she's not going to be using hashtags photography because that photography or even food photography because that's only going to get her in front of other photographers what she needs to be using is hashtags like hospitality, yep. food and drink, good food, you know, that sort of stuff. So th- when you're using your hashtags on LinkedIn, think about what your clients are using and only use three hashtags. You use three industry-related hashtags and then your fourth hashtag, and this is your last one that LinkedIn doesn't even look at when it's assessing where your content's going, 
is your own personal hashtag. And what that will do will catalog everything together. You ah. get you encourage people to follow that hashtag. So by default, they will start seeing future stuff that you post out. So the first three hashtags that LinkedIn looks at in your post are the only three that it actually decides where your content is going to go. The fourth hashtag, which is your own personal one. So it could be like, uh, I don't know, inspiration Gina or learn from Gina or something like that. It's your own personal hashtag. When you use that, if people follow it, because they're following it, by default, they'll start to see it. So my hashtag is creating successful photographers. I've just got a a, a new photographer I'm working with, Emma, who's a, a food photographer, and she's building her brand around being the foodies photographer because she yeah. wants to work with like, you know, artisan food businesses, chefs and stuff like that. So when people start following her hashtag, by default, they'll start to see her content. Excellent. That's um, great yeah, advice. So that's really important. Keep it out to keep it to three and then just develop your own. And, and how you develop your own is think, think about what, what your, your hashtag is going to be, what it means. You know, mine's like creating successful photographers. Yeah. Go to the LinkedIn search bar, type that hashtag in, and if it comes up with no followers, nobody's using it, then start using it Grab as your own. And one of the final thing on the hashtags is before you use a hashtag, see how many people are following it. If you so you go in, type the hashtag and type the word. So if you type in the hashtag marketing, right? Oh. Type in hashtag marketing, that comes back at something stupid. It's like 50 million. You'll see loads of people using that hashtag. Problem with that is it's got 50 million followers. You're not going to get found. It's oh, too much, too much going on there. So what you do is you save that hashtag for weekends because on weekends not as many people are busy on LinkedIn. <laughs> That's great so advice. You, so you can start <laughs> trending under that hashtag on a weekend. But the way LinkedIn works is if you get a trending post, that will trend for weeks. So then what happens if it trends on a weekend? Then it will start getting seen during the week under marketing. But what you then do is you think, oh, hang on, marketing. I'll type in social media marketing. So you're niching it down a bit more. Yeah. Ah, that hashtag only has 100,000 followers. Right, I'll use that one instead of the 50 million one yeah. if I'm posting during the week. so But then I see photographers, I don't know, they'll have like a hashtag and it'll be something that they've just, it's like an Instagram type hashtag and I'll put that in the search bar and it'll say followers 12. Like, uh, you only got three hashtags to use to get your, your stuff out there in the newsfeed, and you've picked one that's only going to give you 12 followers. Yeah. Oh my God, just shot yourself in the foot, you know? <laughs> so you said, do your research, do a bit of research, and then you'll have this list that you might have on your desktop, which will be maybe 20 or 30 hashtags for your industry, but you know, oh, this one has, you know, 500,000, this one has 50,000, you know? So you know what, what you're going to be, that it's going to be reaching the right amount of people. That's excellent advice. And I, I just want to finish with, with um, um, what do you think, and I'll give you mine, is the biggest mistake that people make on LinkedIn. And mine is, this is like annoys me no end, is someone, because you've got a request that uh, you that, that some, someone adds you, right? That's how you yeah. get join um someone follow someone on linkedin so you know i'll get a request and i'll go yep okay and the the second later straight into my inbox is uh hey we're a company we do this 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 and this and uh you know it's just straight up sales and it's just like based on that i'll never work with them it (laughs) What's your advice for that sort of approach? Do you recommend that your photographers do message when you um, 
add someone to LinkedIn and is, is there a better way to do it than the, the, this way? That Or is it just me that I, I'm easily annoyed? No, I, to, I 100%, 100% get it because I get that a lot, especially from what, It's like you know, we clipping. just met um, and you're already hitting me up for something and it's like, I no, no. Totally. <laughs> and because, and you, you know, you're the, the clipping path companies, the SEO yes, companies, Yes, it's like someone needs that, to tell know? them it's like stop, um, you know. But I always say to photographers, always send a message, but send a message not saying come and connect and buy off me or anything like that. You just, like my, my message, if I want to connect with a photographer, I'll send a message and say, hi, I'm Jeff Brown, the photographer's mentor. I help photographers um, build a premium brand and make, make a lot more money. Uh, come and follow me for loads of free tips and advice. Yep. So nothing, you're giving them something. You've, you're saying, then, hey, here, I've got free tips and advice. Yeah. So when they, so when, so they're like, okay, we're connected. So then I'll send them a, a follow up message when they've connected. So I'll just say, you know, uh, hi Gina, thanks for connecting. It's great to have you in, 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 in my network. Sometimes then what you do, one of the best ways to get on board with somebody is sympathize. So I will say, I, I understand that, you know, social media, LinkedIn and marketing for photographers can be a bit of a minefield, but I'm here to help. I produce content on a regular basis. Um, overcoming some of the problems that photographers have uh i'd love you to come along and follow my hashtag creating successful photographers mm. and from here you can learn more and build a better business not one bit of that is salesy i've, yep. I've, I've empathized with the person's problem i've suddenly just grown their hashtag because they'll say oh well that's what you know what have i got to lose by not following this you know i'm gonna lose yeah i'm gonna make more and then what happens is that that person jumps on my hashtag i start following Three months later, I get a I get a message. Hi Jeff, um, to my inbox. Hi Jeff, I'd love to rig up a, a free uh, one-to-one thirty-minute assessment call with you. So then I, I, I like, yeah, no problem. Here's my link. Send them the link. The book in a call. So obviously, what I do is I, I, I jump over and have a look at this person's profile. I'm like, oh, I don't think I've ever engaged with this person. I don't really know them. And I look look back, see that we actually connected. You know, been connected for a while. And then I jump on the call. And then I'm uh, going to start doing the call. And, and when I do a free advice call, I give free advice. I give freely. So I do a bit of free advice. And then come the end of the call, usually the person will turn around and say something like, right, Jeff, can you tell us a bit more about your program? And I, I don't like to do sales. That's not the way I work. And I'll say, because I've been watching you for about three months now, and I'm pretty much sold and I just want to join. Because So how do I, how do I go about it? And I'm just like, wow, I didn't do anything. I didn't do any selling. You know? just gave freely, yeah. I just gave, and they've been watching us. They've seen value in what I do. They wanted to book that call just so they get that bit of engagement with me. And and But what, what I've done during that call is just reinstated why they need to join now. You know, and, and no, during that entire process, there's been no sales going on. And I have clients who do that on a regular basis. They, you know, people are watching, they're seeing the content, they're engaging with them, they see value in the person, and then they just say, look, come on, let's just, it, it, it's funny once you start doing this and you're building this up and you're doing it right that these these inbox things happen on a regular basis yeah and i say to, to my clients don't don't just look for clients what you want to do is you want to be the go-to photographer you want to be the person that everybody says for the for your particular industry like i said to sue the other week now you've cracked linkedin and you're getting so much work from it and you've now got four thousand followers what you need to be doing now is start like right, I want to I want to team up with food writers. I want to do little things for maybe you know minor celebrity chefs. I want to um, do maybe a, a bit of content for um, 
BBC Good Food magazine, you know, yeah. just write a little article on how to take better pictures with a phone of food. And it says, when you can start positioning yourself within the industry where people are, like now, you know, loads of associations and, 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 and camera manufacturers and stuff like that, get in contact with me, Jeff, can you do a post for this? Can you write that? So I've... I'm sort of positioning myself in the industry as an expert and they go to and then they come into me and then when I'm putting stuff out via them, then I'm associated with them. You know, yes. if I do a talk with Canon, then I'm using Canon's authority to, to help. And that's leveraging your your brand as well. Yeah. And you can, you yeah. can do and that in all sorts of ways as a specialist in the photography industry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And all of us, you know, as photographers in our special niches, we've all got that. We've all got something that everybody else wants to know about. When you become a specialist, you have so much more to give away. That is, that is, um, means a lot to the people who are following you. If you're yep. a generalist, you can't give stuff away to everybody and please everybody. So people no. are going to turn off, you know, so specialize. Remember, you can be a, um, a personal branding and headshot photographer on LinkedIn and you can put your weddings and portraits on Facebook. You have, you know, and you put lifestyle or landscapes on Instagram. If you if you become a jack of all trades, you're special to no one. So specialize, you specialize, niche down. When you niche down and you build a brand based around what your client wants, what that end result is, you become so much more important and they will pay three, four, five times more to work with you because you are the perfect fit for them. Exactly. And it's for the new photographers that are listening, don't freak out about, oh, I don't know what my niche is. I didn't know either. And there's no, you can still do everything. Like you go, you, 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 especially, you know, the way things are going at the moment, you want to say yes to everything because yes leads to lots of new opportunities when you're starting out. So someone offers you an architecture job, take it. Work it out yeah. on the way, right? Yeah. But yeah. and someone offers, you know, you the, the Jan in accounts is getting married. You, she knows you're a photographer. Will you do my wedding? Yes, you'll do it. But you're just not going to post about it. You'll take the yeah. money because that's going to help you with, you know, buy more gear or do other things. Uh, but and you can do the food photography. You can do the headshots. Do it all. Say yes to everything. And then in saying yes, you're going to feel. Uh, the 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 area that resonates most with you that you just you you'll know it's like when you meet your partner the part the the love of your life you know when you meet them right Jeff you just know yeah. okay and so if finding your niche in photography feels a bit that way it just feels right it fits right you feel good you're you're not anxious driving to the shoot you just you love it and then. That's what you put on the – that's what how you sell yourself. It's like this is my specialty, but in the ba background, you're doing all the other stuff as well until you get to the point where the the main – your niche is just giving you so much work that you can let the other stuff go or give it away to, uh, you know, associate photographers. That I think that's uh, a good way to do it, don't you think? Totally, and I think, you know, you the more you can develop your niche, get your niche out there through, you know, like I said, you know, blogs, yeah. um, magazines, stuff like that. And I, like one of my clients, you know, quite a few of my clients are, are utilizing, um, you know, virtual shoots. Now, a lot of, you know, people go, oh, you shouldn't be doing virtual shoots because that's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it'll never be a replacement for in-person photography and, st and studio photography. So totally agree. It never, ever will be. However, you know, with a virtual shoot sort of app was you what you can do you can you connect with a client's uh, mobile phone camera and i mean i've got a huawei so 40 megapixel phone yeah i've got 
clients who are using it. So they're working in their studio, they connect at their, or their office. They might be connecting with a client halfway around the world or yeah. two or three hundred miles away, and they 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 get them to put the, the the phone goes onto like a tripod or gets set up on a on a on a box or something like that, and they then they're directing that client through the um, through the app. They're posing them. They can control the the. The, yep. the lighting, the exposure yep. and stuff like that. They'll do some photographs and this person might just want a quick headshot doing to update this stuff because they're a really busy business person. Yeah. They, they do that, they get £300 for doing a virtual shoot or yep. something like that. Then that person uploads it, they love the picture and then they're like, hang on a minute, um, Gina, I love that virtual shoot we did. Um, what I'd like to do is actually to schedule in and do a proper yes. full shoot, like an outdoor thing. So Anne is using, the, the, there's a um, an app that I, I do a bit of ambassadorship for called the shutter app and I, I do it you know i'm not paid for doing this but i, yep. I do it because they approach me because i i see this as a potential way for photographers to work with more clients around the world yep. and get and make money you know and 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 elevate the brand so it, it, it's just the shutter app and it's this it's it's a free app so you can so, connect remotely to another uh computer how does it work so th- what it does is it actually allows you to connect with um, a person's mobile mobile yeah. device. So you can you can be based in in say Melbourne or somewhere yeah. like that, and I'll photograph you, doing, you in your yeah. backyard yeah. via your yeah, phone, so actually, but I'm controlling it my end. Yeah. So my um, uh, I had some photographs done from a photographer in St. Petersburg, who's um, the, the actual founder of the Shutter app, and her husband developed this app because her friend wanted some newborn pictures doing she was going to do them and then COVID happened and yeah. she couldn't go into the hospital to do it so her, her husband who's a, a a bit of a whiz kid genius techie guy develops this app in about three or four days and then this person can then do uh, photo shoot now there's a, a company called Bounty in the UK um, which has been around for about 15 years they've been around for ages and everybody who 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 goes to maternity you know the maternity wars and has a baby gets a bounty package right. which has got like nappies in and, and guides on being a, a new mum and stuff like that but then they get a voucher to set up as set up a shoot with a bounty photographer and this yep. has been going on for oh, 15 years or so Bounty has now started using the shutter app as a way to, to do photographs yes. you know, to, of, new, of newborns but I've got clients doing, um, say, for instance, Sue, who does the food photography. I've got quite a lot of food photographers. They might add this as a, an addition to yep. their package yep. and say, like, if you're having um, – if, if your chef's produced, like, a special, as part of this package, we'll show, you know, I charge X amount and you get so many images and I'll come out to your restaurant and do these shoots and all this. She says, but when once or twice a month you can actually – dial in for me to use the shutter app with you and help the chef, chef. so she would be going on oh, and move it this way or position it next to the window right if you move the glass there put the knife and fork there right and then and then you actually take in pictures and then th- those can be used on their social media that night to get more people in the restaurant uh, yeah, and, and that's it. I, I, I love that and i think like you know the, there's vaccines coming out but it's like i think that that the, the lockdowns are going to be around or the, you know, having to quarantine and things like that and lack of access will be around for a little while yet. So, and I think this is also a great sort of looking to the future where, you know, suddenly 
me from Melbourne, Australia, I can work remotely with with uh, your overseas clients. I, I think that's fantastic, and it's a great way to introduce yourself until you can get in front of them in the flesh, and we can all get back on planes again. I, I think that's all such excellent advice, Jeff. Um, is there like so? What's what would be as just as a, a parting bit of advice? What 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 yeah. be, what would you recommend for say the newbie photographer? Um, just getting started, what would be the, the your most important bit of advice? The most important bit, uh, well, well, what I would do is, um, and, and I say this to, because a lot of photographers do this, you know, they'll start off and and then they, they, you get drawn into it by looking at competitors. So you, you think, right, I'm going to be a wedding photographer, right, I'm going to see what such and such down the road, oh my God, they're only charging $400 for a wedding. Oh my God, that person's charging 300 right? So you start to worry about the competition. Yep. Those are not your competitors. What you want to do, and I mean, you know, you're very successful, Gina, you know, and, and, and I had, you know, five very successful photography businesses. I did my first wedding for free. Then I did my second wedding for about 200 quid, who was for a friend of a friend, right? It had to be done because I needed to get stuff. Um, when I got into doing hotel photography, we did our first job for free for the Marriott, but I didn't do it for free. I went to the Marriott Hotel and says, I'll tell you what, I'd, li- I'd like to give you the opportunity. Uh, we're doing a very limited amount of shoots for a few <laughs> hotels to help build our por- portfolio. I would like to offer you a thousand pounds worth of photography, but on this occasion, I will waive the cost as long as I can use those images in my own promotion. Yeah, right. The guy from the Marriott nearly bit me hand off when I said that, right? So we did these pictures. Every single picture we got, like a Marriott menu in, or we made sure the person yeah. who was standing there would, would position them so that we would see the Marriott badge. We then used those images to promote ourselves to Best Western, to Holiday Inns, you know, and then when they, when they saw the images with that branding in, they were like, oh, God, if, you, if they do work for the Marriott, they must be decent, you know? There's so many people who will come to you as a photographer and say, oh, can you do the job for free because the images will get you publicity. If that person doesn't have a lot of authority, if they're they're not the top leader in their niche or their industry, that authority, that publicity is going to be worthless. You're not going to do a shoot for free unless that free stuff has a lot of value. And then you don't tell the person you're doing it for free. You'll say, well, I'll tell you what, it would normally cost you $1,000. But on this occasion, you know, show them the value. And don't look at the competition, look at the top of your game. So if you're going to be a food photographer, find out, right, who's the best food photographer in Brisbane? So look at your initial county or city or whatever. Then who is the best food photographer in Australia? Then who is the best food photographer in the entire world or the United States or the United Kingdom? Look at those. And then what you want to do is you want to look at their website. You want to look at the branding, the types of words they use, and jump onto the social media, see how they're posting because their clients are your potential next future clients. These photographers first started out, like you and me, doing jobs you know, initially for free, building a portfolio. They didn't They didn't pick up a camera and then get paid $10,000 for the first shoot. No. They had to get somewhere. Yep. And as a starter, you can, you can then become that. There's nothing stopping you. But what will limit you is what you believe in yourself. And if you start looking at everybody else who's cheap, you need to specialize, move yourself out, and focus on the prize, which are these, these top people, and start building yourself up to that. But then even these people who are at the very top, you know, you can go on, you can look at their websites and go, actually, I wouldn't do that like that. And yeah. if I was, if I, if I owned a restaurant, 
I would be wanting this. So why aren't they talking about that? You know what yeah. I mean? Because sometimes yeah. the people who are at the very top are singing, are still at the top on something they did like four or five years ago. Exactly. They might be on. They might be starting to go on the way down. You know. Yep. So you, yeah. So yeah, I think it, it's. Don't look at the competition and worry because it is an oversaturated market, but it's not oversaturated for niche. It's not. That's great advice, Jeff. Fantastic. I love chatting with you. Uh, we'll have to get you back again. Hopefully, we won't wait two years this time. But um, <laughs> in the meantime, where can people find you? Where's the best place to connect with you? So, so I've recently created an, uh, a new website, um, and it's just basically photographersmentor.com. And then if they go into LinkedIn, if you if you ha- and if you haven't got a LinkedIn account, seriously, seriously, if it's if it's the only thing you do this year, create a LinkedIn account and start it because it is a gold mine. And at the mm. moment, the competition is so so small. So uh, you can you can get me on LinkedIn. Just type in Jeff Brown, the photographer's mentor. Please drop me a message. You know, if you have any questions, drop me a message. I can do these little voice clips back for like one minute voice clips over LinkedIn. It's brilliant. So if you have a question, so Jeff, what should I do about this? I do not charge for giving advice. I give advice freely. I'm here to help. You know, I'm a photographer myself. Uh, I'd love to. I'd love to connect with you. And I'd love to see you make a success of LinkedIn. Fantastic, Jeff. Thanks so much. I wish you continued success, and uh, and uh, we'll chat again soon. Thanks for your time today. Brilliant, Gina. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I hope the the listeners get a, a lot from this. I'm sure they will. Thanks again. Thanks again. Take care. All right. So that was Jeff Brown. That was a great interview. So many great takeaways and about, you know, developing your brand and connecting with clients and, of course, making more money. So if you yeah. want to check out uh, Jeff Brown, you can go to thephotographersmentor.com or check him out on LinkedIn because he is a guy who is using LinkedIn really well. You know, yeah. have a search for we'll put the link in the show notes, but you can search for Jeff Brown Photography Marketing and um you'll be able to find him on LinkedIn that way. But some really cool stuff. All yeah, right. yeah. So what are you doing in the coming week, Gina? All right, so I'm I'm casting models, Val, which is always right. uh, really interesting because it's like you know you get to see a lot of different model yes. photography um. online, and uh, often the camera can lie a bit. Mm. So uh, just a little pro tip uh, for photographers: if you're booking models, it's really important that you ask them to send you a selfie that they take that day, and uh, uh, particularly a no makeup mm. selfie, so that you can make sure that you know if the client wants you know long shaggy sort of hair and uh, you see that in their images but then when you when they turn up on the day they've got a crew cut Mm. you know or um you know they've changed in some way or they just look completely different to their photos you've had that experience yeah right, so, Val, gina, so gina mean when gina says that day she doesn't mean the day of the shoot she means the day you're looking them up on, yes on, look like, the looking late, at their the, portfolio the day you're casting them mm. and you know just ask them to send you uh, a simple selfie uh of of them like natural without yeah, makeup yeah. so that you can then show that to the makeup artist and say all right well this is the base and then they can create uh, the look that you need. So I'll be busy doing that. And then I'm, I reckon I'm going to watch Tenet, the movie. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it looks really good confusing. and confusing. <laughs> but have you seen it? No, I haven't yet. Are you, are you interested? Not really because everyone told me it was confusing. Yeah, but I want to see if I'm like, 
that's okay. It yeah. looks re- it just looks super interesting. Okay. I just don't want to think when I watch TV. Yeah, right. I love to think when I watch TV, Val. <laughs> We're so different. <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> for the rest of the week? Um, I'm obsessed with Grand Designs New Zealand at the moment. <laughs> oh, right. So, I mean, I've loved Grand Designs UK because Kevin yeah. McLeod is is yeah, great. Just gorgeous. Yeah, yes. and so intelligent. And yes. Grand Designs Australia, I've seen that and that's okay. Um, yeah. But I actually really like Grand, De- Grand Designs New Zealand. Their houses are just seem a little bit more interesting and the Kiwi characters are just so down to earth and so yeah. funny. Um, yeah. And uh, so I'm getting really into that. I know, not really a lot to do with photography or, in fact, anything that I... <laughs> yeah, but you've got to escape. Exactly, and got that's lot, my escape. you've got a lot of big projects going on at the moment, as we mm. both do, so it's uh, it's good to have that little escape valve and you don't really have to think. But I'm thinking when I'm watching Grand Designs, I'm like, all right, so... If I move that wall out here, yes. I could probably do that. Like you start to get inspired and then suddenly you want to go and build a um, completely round treehouse yes. in the outback somewhere. Some of them are ridiculous yeah, and ridiculous. that's what I love. You know, so you don't have an architect at all. It's like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going to build a $20 million house yeah. without an architect. Yeah. And you don't have any building experience. No, I don't. I look it but up we're on YouTube. Give it a go. Yeah, and uh, and you've set a timeline of three months. You don't think that's a bit ambitious? No. <laughs> so you've never done it before. You're not getting an architect. You're just going to make it up as you go along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you get the the, the voiceover. It's been seven years yes, since that's they right. first started, <laughs> and you, you watch how they age and how they're weary, and the long suffering partner yeah. is like. So you're still supportive if you yeah. put. It's like well, we've had the odd uh, heat discussion sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happens oh no, I'm addicted <laughs> <laughs> all right well you're obviously watching grand designs as well all right yes. where do we find you online gina so you can find me at GinaMilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on all social media, including Clubhouse. Come and find me and uh, I may uh, open up some rooms so we can have a chat and hang out and uh, answer your questions. And uh, if you want to take your photography to the next level, just like all the goldies that are just like nailing their photography and their creative projects and finding new clients, then come and join the gold community. I would love the opportunity to work with you. Just go to GinaMilitia.com and Val. Click on membership. There you go. What about you, Val? <laughs> You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.